Let's open your Bible this morning to the book of Acts chapter number 10, and let's all stand when you do that. Acts chapter 10 is where we're going to be. I want you to do me a favor as you're doing that. I want you to look at the person next to you and say that God loves you. Now, I want you to do it again with a smile on your face. Listen, I feel like there's a little bit of tension in here this morning. There's just something. We need to loosen up a little bit and enjoy being in church. Amen? Now, I want you to look at the person next to you and tell them that you love them. Oh, that, that was a lot less noise I heard there. A lot less noise. Let's do it. I love you, Landon. Thank you. Listen, aren't you glad that God loves you? And it's important that when we come together that everyone knows that we love them. And that we know we are loved. It's important. Every person matters. Are you with me? Every person matters. And there should always be a desire to get to know people better and to grow in relationships. We should never be a church where everybody's just sitting in their seat on Sunday morning. We should be a church where people are up, moving around, talking, enjoying one another, and excited that we could be together. And it's important that when we come together that we all know God loves each of us. Amen? Acts chapter number 10 is a transitional passage in God's work in the world. Now I'm going to just read. I've gone from speaking, preaching about four verses a couple of weeks ago to 43 today. And I'm just going to focus on the first eight verses to get us started. And we're going to let the Lord direct us this morning. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Sounds like the mafia, doesn't it? Devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. When the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants, and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, 
he sent them to Joppa. You'll see on the screen this morning the title of my message, and that's Breaking Down Barriers. Could have called it Hope for All Nations. Christian and I didn't get together about what song to sing this morning, but it fit perfectly today. Father in heaven, we come together, and we know that we need you. And I know that I need you when it comes to preaching your word. Lord, I pray that your spirit now moves across our congregation. And that you begin now to do a work in each of our hearts. Draw us together and draw us unto yourself. Lord, may your name be lifted up. And may we gain some things here in this message this morning that will affect us. Not just for the hour, but for the rest of our life. I pray, Lord, for you to do what only you can. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to draw your attention back to Acts chapter 9 and verse 31. And it was after Saul had received Christ, the great persecutor of the church had received Christ. And as he boldly spake in the name of Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists that they went about to slay him. And the brethren, they brought him down to Caesarea, and they sent him forth to Tarsus. And the Bible says in verse 31, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. You know, Jesus told his disciples, he instructed them, he commanded them, to go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He said to go, to teach, to baptize, and to teach, to disciple. And before he ascended to heaven in Acts chapter number 1, he again gave instruction. He says, I'm going to give you my spirit and the power of the spirit. You'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And in Acts chapter 9, in verse 31, we see that through the persecution of the church, the gospel had been presented beginning in Jerusalem, Judea, and Galilee, and Samaria. And the church had rest, and it was growing in those areas. But until this point, they really haven't begun to reach further. They were good, they were following the Lord as God had led them to this point. And now he's about to change the world. And in Acts chapter number 10, 
the gospel goes forth, begins to go forth to a place where you and I could be saved. We find here in this chapter that a certain man is located in Caesarea. And Caesarea is an important town. In Acts chapter 8, when Philip went through preaching and through the persecution and led the Ethiopian eunuch to the Lord and he baptized him, the Bible says the Spirit took him and, and he preached at different cities and he ended up in Caesarea. I wonder if Philip may have had an effect upon Cornelius. I don't know. I know that Cornelius had a great fear and respect of the Lord. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 30, I just, we just talked about how the brethren, when Saul was persecuted, they sent him to Caesarea before he went to his hometown of Tarsus. And throughout the book of Acts, he would return to the city several times later. In fact, in Acts chapter 26, I've, I've had the pleasure, when you land in Tel Aviv, Israel, you go north up the Mediterranean Sea along the coast there, and they'll, one of the first stops you usually make is in Caesarea. And I've actually had the pleasure of standing in the place where Paul once stood before King Agrippa and proclaimed his testimony and the saving grace that is found in Jesus Christ. And Agrippa said, Paul, almost thou persuadest to me to be a Christian. It was from Caesarea that Paul was sent eventually in Acts 27 to Rome. But it's also a very important Roman town. You, you can still see when you go there the Roman aqueduct that was built and the remains of that that is still there to this day. And so we're introduced to this certain man named Cornelius, who was a Roman soldier. He was a centurion, which means that he had a responsibility of leading about a hundred Roman soldiers. He was a part of a group called the Italian Band, and we, we see in verse number two that he was a man that, that worshipped God. He's, he was a devout man, meaning he was very pious. He was one that feared God with all his house. He gave much alms to the people and he prayed to God always. We'll later see in verse number 30 that on this particular day that he was fasting throughout the day until the ninth hour, which would be three o'clock in the afternoon. While he was fasting and praying and seeking God and seeking truth and wanting to know more about who God was, the Lord sent a divine messenger unto him, an angel of God, who spoke his name and said, Cornelius, in verse 4, and when he looked on him, he was afraid. It is amazing, B.J., that a man such as a Roman soldier, a very powerful individual that when God speaks to him, it puts him in his place and fear overwhelms him. When Saul, the great persecutor of the church, who wanted to, get, who wanted to stomp out the name of Jesus Christ, and when Jesus spoke to him, the Bible says that he went down on the ground. There is no one more powerful than God. 
And when God speaks, it is a powerful thing. It is an overwhelming thing. And he was afraid. And he said unto the, the messenger, he says, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial for God. Cornelius would later tell Peter, he said, the messenger said, your prayer is heard. God heard him. Exactly what he's praying for, I don't know. But God heard what he was praying. And I would believe that he wanted to hear truth. He came to God and he wanted to know God more. He wanted to know him more intimately. And that should be the heart of every individual when we come to church. God, I want to know more about you. We're not coming to church to fulfill a religious obligation. We're coming to worship a God who offers hope unto all nations, including ourselves. That he loves us. And Cornelius knew that. And he knew this God of Israel. But he wanted to know more about him. And he's praying and he's, he's charitable. He's giving. He's, he, he is loving the Lord. He's reverently worshiping him. And he's freely giving to all that he can. He's wanting to be a blessing to everyone and not keeping to himself. And so he's doing this. Now God comes to him. He says, listen, I've heard you. And then he says there in verse number four that thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. That word is mentioned only two other times in the Bible. It's in uh, Matthew chapter 13 and Mark chapter 14. And in both times, it is in reference to Mary of Bethany when she came and she knelt down at the feet of Jesus and she broke that ointment and she wept and she cried. And, and the other bystanders beside them, including the disciples, said, Lord, why, why this waste? And Jesus said, let her alone. She has done this. She has done this for unto me. She's preparing me. For what is ahead. And he said, wherever the word of God is preached, let this be a memorial unto her. That mattered to God. And in Cornelius' situation, Cornelius' heart of worship mattered to the Lord. And he says, I, everything that you have done has come up to me. And I recognize that. And it's important. And now I have something more for you. The messenger said in verse 5, I want you to send some men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. Now, we remember last week that Peter was there when he raised Tabitha from the grave. And Joppa in distance is about 30 miles from Caesarea. Caesarea is a direct line about 40 seven miles or so in a direct line from Jerusalem. And he says, I want you to send some men to Joppa and find one named Simon, whose surname is Peter. And he says, this is where you'll find him in verse 6. He lodges with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Aren't you glad? Listen, Justin, aren't you glad this morning that God knows exactly where you are? 
Sherry knows exactly where you are, and he knows what you're dealing with. He knew where Simon Peter was, and he's over here dealing with Cornelius, and he says, I want you to do this. I want you to send two men to Joppa, and I want you to ask for where the house of Simon the Tanner is. People will know where it is. And when you go there, tell them, I'm not looking for just Simon the Tanner. I'm looking for Simon Peter. And he knows this. He knows this, Cecil Berry. He knows that when you go to Peter, Peter will tell you exactly what you need to hear. Are you with me? Gary Chandler, it is a powerful testimony if God can say, I'm going to put somebody in your life. I'm going to send someone down your path today. And the reason I'm sending them to you is because I know this. You will tell them about Jesus. Can he say that? About every one of us in here this morning. I want you to go to Loreen because I know when you go to her, she will direct you to Jesus Christ. When the messenger departed, when the angel departed in verse number 7... He called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. He told them what God had said. And so they made their way on on the next day, on the morrow, as they went on their journey. Verse 9, follow with me. And they drew nigh into the city. Peter Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. I want you to watch this. I want you to watch this, and, and it's so important because I want you to recognize how God works and how God wants to use each of us. So don't miss this. Cornelius did as God said. He doesn't know what God is going to do, but God said, send, I want you to send some people and go get Simon Peter. And he sent them, and they're on their journey. And as they're drawing close to Joppa, the Bible says that Simon Peter, he went up on the housetop and he began to pray. It's about the sixth hour, which means it's about noonday. And in verse number 10, it says that he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened, verse 11 and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter recognized this was from God. And he said in verse 14, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. We've seen this throughout the Gospels. Peter had no problem telling God, no. Peter was the one that Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan, because you desire the things of man rather than the things of God. And he's getting this vision from the Lord. The Lord is dealing specifically with Peter. And he sees this, I'm just going to call it a picnic blanket, okay? Just so we get a vision. This 
blanket, this sheet coming down, and it's got all of these animals on it prepared. And he says, he says, rise up. He says, I want you to kill them, and I want you to eat them, which went against what he was taught in the Judaic law. And he said, no. No, Lord, I'm not going to do that. I've never done that. I'm not going to do that. I've never touched or handled or eaten anything that is common or unclean. And in verse 15, and the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, thou shalt that call not thou common. And he did it again a third time in verse 16. And the vessel was received up again into heaven. And the Bible says in verse 17, While Peter doubted himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent for from Cornelius had made inquiry from Simon's house and stood before the gate. So what was happening? Peter was kind of scratching his head. And he knew God was speaking to him, but he didn't really understand the message. I know that there's something in that. And I don't know exactly what God is leading me to. Why did he ask me to do that? I don't really know. And he's doubting in himself. He's pondering the word of God, this message that would have been given to him from the Lord, and he doesn't understand it all. And while he's thinking about that, those men that were sent from Cornelius were standing outside his gate. Verse 18, they called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. And while Peter thought on the vision, he's thinking about what God has revealed to him. He doesn't understand it. But he's thinking on this vision. The Bible says, the Spirit said, underline that please. The Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing. For I have sent them. Now, before I move forward, I want us to understand this. God wants to use each of us. But many times we don't allow God to use us because we are not sensitive enough to listen to God leading us. Lord, what does this mean? What it what rise up and eat? Why? Don't call anything common or unclean. Why? Why? And while he's thinking about it, the Spirit said, there's three guys at the door. I want you to go talk to them. Do you understand that those men changed the world because they learned to listen to the Spirit of God lead them?
and we're running through life so fast that there's no doubt probably many divine appointments that God has placed in our life, but we're not listening. Who wants to be a church that changes the world? Am I the only one? I want to be a part of something that changes the world. But I don't want it to be because of a personality of a speaker. I want it to be because God is moving among his people and they're listening. And he says, there's three guys. There's three guys I just brought to you. Go talk to them. Before we move further, understand this, Paul. He doesn't know why they're there, and he's still scratching his head on what God's trying to do. But you know what he does, Garrett? He goes. Are you with me? He goes. Say that. He goes. Verse 21, then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom you seek. And out of his curiosity, he says, What is the cause wherefore you come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man and one that feareth God and of good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by a holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. Well, I'm going to tell you something. That'll make, that'll make you stand up and say, huh, what is God doing here? Well, I'm just curious. I want to see what God's going to do. So he called them in, verse 23, and he lodged them. And on the morrow, Peter went away with them, and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea and Cornelius waited for them and had, to, and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him, fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up saying, stand up, I myself also am a man. Once you look back at verse 24, as Peter's drawing near and Cornelius is expecting him, he gets all of his family together and he gets all of his friends together because all of them matter to Cornelius. Are you with me? He is not, he wants to have a greater relationship with God, but he also wants his family to have a greater relationship with the Lord. And he wants all of his friends to have a greater relationship with the Lord. And so he says, the preacher is coming, and so I want everybody to gather around. And I don't know what God's got for us, but I know this, God's got something for us, and I want us all to be here when he delivers it. Are you with me? He didn't just think about himself. He thought of everybody that he loved and mattered to him and says, I want you to be here when the preacher comes. And when Peter come in, man, he was so excited. This is the man that God had sent. And he goes and he begins to bow down. He worshiped him. And Peter just said, get up. Don't worship me. I'm just a man. I'm just a man like you 
who is trying to follow the Spirit of God and be led of the Lord and allow God to do His perfect work. It's never about the man or the personality. It is about what God wants to do through each of us. He says, don't worship me. I'm just like you. Worship God. And as he talked to with him in verse 27, he went in and he found many that were come together. Wow. I don't know what God's doing. I don't know what house I'm in. But it's full. And he said in them, verse 28, Now you know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. You know this. You know this, Stephen. He said, now you know. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to enter into this house. You're a Gentile. I'm a Jew. We're not supposed to be teaming up here. So why did he go in there? He says, verse 28, But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Now God changed some things in my heart. Are you with me here? God changed some things in my heart. Brother David, he's saying, yesterday, you could have invited me a thousand times and I would say, no, I can't come into this house. But God showed me something. And I don't know what God is doing, but I know this. I need to be with you. Will you allow the Spirit of God to change your heart about things? Will you allow the Spirit of God to allow you to see people as God sees them? And not as you've always been taught? Will you allow the Spirit of God to change your heart? He says, verse 29, therefore I came unto you. God showed me this. Because God showed me this, I came without gainsaying as soon as I was sent for. I asked, therefore, what intent you have sent for me? Why am I here? God has led me. God is showing me some things. And so, Cornelius, why am I here? And Cornelius testify what has happened. He says, four days ago in verse 30, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. 
and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon a tanner by the seaside, who when he cometh shall speak unto thee. Immediately therefore I send unto thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now therefore are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Wow. Peter says, why am I here? Because God brought you here. And, and Peter, God's got, you have something that we all need. And we recognize that. And I've gathered all my friends and all my family and we're here and we want to hear what God has to say. We want to hear what the man of God has to say. So speak to us. Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. For him to say that means God changed his heart. And to perceive means to seize or to grasp. And respecter means to regard with favor. He says, I believe this is the truth. I believe that God's no respecter of persons. It's no longer Jew versus Gentile. Are you with me? It's no longer white versus black or yellow or red or whatever color you want to add in there. They're all precious in his sight. There's a change taking place here. And he needs Peter to recognize this. And so Peter says, listen, I don't quite understand it, but I know this God is doing something here. And I'm just trying to follow him. And he's, he's working in your heart. And he's been working in my heart. And now he's brought us together. And there's a conversation that we need to have. He says, I'll read 34 again. Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. And this is the word, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with a Holy Ghost and with power. There's the Holy Trinity right there in verse 38. And it's all combined upon Jesus Christ. God the Father anointing Jesus of Nazareth with a Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of, of the devil for God was with him. And verse 39 and 40, And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. First of all, that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the death. He was slew and hanged on a tree. The death, that's Good Friday, the cross. He was buried, and on the third day he rose again and offered hope and eternal salvation. Watch what he says, verse uh, number 41. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us, 
who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. He showed himself openly, not to everyone, but unto those he was going to send forth. And he commanded us in verse 42 to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall, ne- shall receive remission of sins. And all God's people said, amen. Now get this. We're here. We want to hear what you got to say. And he comes in. He gets right to it. Jesus died on the cross for your sin, my sin, everyone's sin. And he didn't die and stay in a tomb. God raised him from the grave. And we are witnesses of that. And he's transformed and changed our life. And now he's commanded us to go forth and to tell others of what he has done for us and what he can do for them. Are you with me? He commanded them to do so. And he commanded them to share the message of this. Whosoever believeth in him shall have remission of sins. Not to the Jew only, but also to the Greek. To everyone, Jesus is breaking down barriers that we place and says, I love them all. Are you willing to go tell them? And you're not going to do it if you're not following and listening to the Spirit of God lead you. Because when we're allowing God to have His way, He'll change our hearts. Ryan, He'll change your heart. He will change, he changed Peter's heart. Peter, the great apostle, he changed it. He needed, he needed some changing. Are you with me? Say this, I need some changing. He changed. Say, Peter, the great preacher that saw 5,000, he needed his heart changed. And God says, listen, I've used you, but I got something greater that I want to do. I'm about to reach the world. I'm going to start with you. And Cornelius is over here. God, I want something. I want truth. And he says, I got a guy over here that'll give it to you. And the reason I know that he'll do that is because he listens to me. He'll do it because I know he listens to me. And Peter says, I'm listening, Lord, and I'll do it, but I don't know what I'm doing. And I'll go with these guys, and I don't know where we're going. And I walk in a house. And it's full of people. And I say, what am I doing here? And they said, God sent you here. He tells me that you got a message for me, and I need to hear it. Boy, would that change our church services if everybody thought that. Let's close. Verse 40, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed, which means the Jews which believed, were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. These men are filled with the Spirit. 
And it's, it's obvious because of verse 46, there's the signs of this gift. They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, then answered Peter. And so those Jews witnessed this, and they said, what is God doing? These Gentiles receive the Holy Spirit, just like us. So they answered Peter. Then answered Peter, verse 47, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? You got a problem with them getting baptized and following Jesus Christ? Are you with me? Do you have a problem? Do you have a problem with them getting saved? Do you have a problem with them joining your church? Hello? you have a problem with them joining the church? Do you got a problem with watching them follow the Lord and see God work in their heart? Do you have a problem with that? Can any man forbid them water that these be baptized as well as we? And he commanded them, verse 48, to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. You know what you, you, know what you want when you get saved? You know what you want when you get filled with the Holy Spirit? You know what you want? You want more. You want more. And so they asked, Preacher, would you please stay and give us more? I want more. This one time isn't enough, Preacher. Could you give us more? Hello? Are you listening? To the Lord. I'm not going to say every day. I'm asking you, are you listening to him all day? Do you have a message of hope to share? And do you want to be the person that God says, Johnny, in your math class, has been praying to me and wanting truth. And I'm going to sit him beside you today. Because I know you'll tell him. Divine appointments is when God is working here and he's working here and he brings you together. And sometimes you come together and you don't even know why you're there. My wife asked me to stop at the grocery store. I don't have time to stop at the grocery store. Are you with me? Why didn't she pick up the groceries while she was in town? Hello? Why do I have to stop and get the groceries? It may be because somebody's there waiting for me. God changed the world through people who listened to him. Through people who said, God, change me. 
If I need to learn to be more gracious and loving and caring, change me. Lord, use me. I'm not going through this life to live unto myself. Use me. Let's bow our heads.